on and welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves i am so 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 i because today we've made it to the last day of the bible the very final chapters of the bible and it's amazing because some of you this is your first time making it through the entire bible congratulations right praise the lord i pray man that this podcast has just helped you even if a little bit understand more of the bible hear this and understand just a little bit more man the god of the bible Right. Like I've just been struck with how much uh, God can give to us if we just, yeah, give ourselves to the things he calls us to. Right. Like like staying in his word. Right. And I've learned so, 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 so much uh, in this time working through it. And so congratulations to everybody who is here. If you're not done, congratulations to you, too, because you've been rocking with us. Right. Whoever all of us, all of y'all who've been rocking with us, man, just so, so grateful so so um just happy and 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 just praising the lord man i mean it's just amazing i think one of the things that i've i was also struck with this time through the scriptures is how much i still have to learn right there there are times that yeah i read stuff and i didn't really get it so i ain't really saying nothing about it you know what i'm saying just give it a buck i'm keeping it all the way 100 but um but yeah man it's just so much deep so much more to learn so much further and deeper to go bro like Ugh, and it's just so good, man. I, I just pray too that, yeah, you love God more. Not that you just know him more, but that you actually love him and that you are more faithful uh, to him as well. And so, um, uh, yeah, man, I'm just so happy that, that God would give me the opportunity, right? Like, who am I, you know what I'm saying, to to be able to uh, speak to you about what the God of this universe is like and what he said to us in his word. And so um, I'm just so, yeah, grateful, happy, uh, grateful for y'all. I literally, man, I literally couldn't, yeah, wouldn't be here uh, without so many people giving me so many encouraging shouts, messages, texts, calls, uh, hearing through the grapevine how you were encouraged, um, posts, just everything. So I'm so grateful, follows, all that. Um, we love you guys and we pray that, yeah, you guys love the Bible. And uh, we're going to finish this thing out, man. We're going to take it out with a bang. Revelation chapter 21. There's so many thoughts and connections and illusions uh, and recapitulations where he like recasts old uh, imagery um, throughout the whole Bible. Right. Uh, this is the climax and, um, you know, uh, or the consummation. This is the consummation. Uh, and um, yeah, he, he, he pulls on a ton of earlier texts to where we are now. But I think on a high level. Right. If you could just remember this about these last two chapters of the Bible. Listen, the Bible ends where Genesis always was meant to end, right? It, it it ends where Genesis was meant to end, right? And this is how this chapter starts. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. That's very interesting language. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, <laughs> came from God, prepared like a bride, oh man, adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, with Adam, with Adam, with Anthropos, with man. And he will live with 
them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Remember the Old Testament. God promised that the old creation will be remade into a new one. Isaiah chapter 65 uh, and Isaiah chapter 66, right? Heaven, as we ultimately think of it, will be united with this world. Why is that necessary? Because when Adam and Eve sinned, heaven and earth were ripped apart, right? And now as a result of their seed, the work of God in Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, we have a reuniting of both heaven and earth. The new creation, right, is, is what it's called. And it's also called the new Jerusalem. Very good. Very good. Why? Well, well, remember, Jerusalem was the holy city, right, in the Old Testament. It was the place where God uniquely dwelt in the temple, the place where folks came to worship God, where Jesus died and resurrected, where the where the spirit was actually poured out. And so God promised, remember the prophets, remember the prophets, the New Testament, the New Testament is a restorationist text, right? It's about the restoration of Israel and the world, right? So God promised that he would rule in the last days. This is the last days, right? That extend and, and spill over into eternity, right? God promised that he would rule from Jerusalem in the last days and that there will be with him, uh, his people ruling and reigning as well. And this will reveal his righteousness, right? And this would encompass, according to this text the entire universe so in other words christ's work was not just about saving individual souls and taking them to heaven but it was about transforming the entire universe and the people that live in it right that's what christ's work did literally changed the world like like christ is in it to change the physical actual tangible world right and he says this he says in these verses he says god's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them they will be his people and god himself will be with them and be their god listen that phrase they will be his people and God will be their God is the essence or the essence, the essence <laughs> of all of the covenants, right? All of the covenant promises in the Bible. You see it in uh, uh, Genesis and Exodus all the way through to uh, the book of Revelation. This is the Bible in one sentence, right? That the reason God created the world was, was so that and the reason God redeemed the world, creation and redemption always have the same goal. I said that in the book of Exodus um, so was so that he could dwell with his people so that he could have fellowship, face-to-face -face communion and relationship and intimacy with his people in his presence forever. I love this. He says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. It's interesting that he says that, uh, we talked about death dying, right, in the last chapter, but it's interesting here that he brings up, um, at the very beginning of chapter 21, he says the sea was no more. <laughs> and then he comes down here and says death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain. In the Old Testament, I've talked a ton about how um, the sea often was symbolic of death. Right. And so the Israelites passing through the Red Sea was uh, this this idea that they passed through from death to life. Right. And how uh, Christ conquers the sea, how he sends the pigs into the sea, all this kind of stuff um, was showing that he has authority even over the chaotic waters of death. And uh, I think the imagery that John is pulling on here about this, there being no more sea was really interesting and, and very subtle. Um, him saying that this death, like that we talked about last time, will be thrown away. But even more so, the, the grief, right? We, we talk a lot about, I think, in our uh, present cultural context, and rightfully so, uh, how to grieve, right? How to cry and how to uh, faithfully experience pain. And the beauty of it is, is that we only have to worry about temporarily doing those things, right? Because those things uh, are results of the fall, right? And sin, right? And, 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 and those things will be done away with, right? They are not allowed. Praise the Lord, right? Uh, in the new creation, listen, suffering, as I often say, has an expiration date, but the joy doesn't.
right? Joy does not have an expiration date. Uh, celebration doesn't. Verse 22, I did not see a temple in it. I'm talking about the new creation. Because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. Because the glory of God illuminates it. And its lamp is the Lamb. The absence of the temple in the New Jerusalem and the cube-like dimensions points us back to the Old Testament temple, right? The Holy of Holies was cube-shaped, <laughs> right? And the Holy of Holies was where God uniquely dwelt in the temple. So he didn't dwell just everywhere in the temple. He dwelt in the Holy of Holies. And so for the, the whole world to now be symbolically, as he's saying it, cube-shaped and um, for God to be there means that this holy of holies has expanded and radiated out and many scholars have argued like that was the whole plan from adam in, in genesis chapter one was that god's glorious presence would spread and fill the whole earth as he was fruitful and multiplied and god's royal presence came to have dominion however humans gave the dominion over to satan but what he's saying is is that god's presence will transcend physical dimensions right it will it will, it will transcend those boundaries and it will fill the whole earth and we will behold his glory he says then he showed me the river of the water of life clear as crystal flowing from the throne of god and of the lamb in the first verse of chapter 22 we have the river of water of life flowing through from the temple and remember uh if you remember ezekiel 40 to 48 right that that great vision of the new creation that ezekiel has way back when right um where he sees the vision of the temple and ultimately talks about the river of the water of life flowing down and even Eden, right, had the waters of of life flowing through it. And, and Christ talks about the living water that he can give to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. All of this is kind of like tied together in a nexus and, and comes to its consummation here in, in Revelation 22. And many have pointed out that um, this is, it may or may not be real water, but the reality is, I think, um, even now, even as we wait, await this uh, heavenly reality, uh, the, 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 the power of the spirit is spoken of as water, right? It's spoken of in, with water-like metaphors, right? And, and, and the spirit is the one who is sent in time by both the father and the son, right? And every time he has talked about, he's talked about with water, like imagery. And so Christ would talk about the wells of water that will lead and spring up in people that uh, lead to eternal life or acts two will talk about how Christ poured out his spirit or Romans five talks about how the father poured out his love in our hearts through the Holy spirit, right. That was given to us. And so the spirit we see, we live lives in the spirit right now, right? Why? Because, um, it is the life sustaining thing, just like water is the life sustaining thing to, to our physical bodies. Uh, the spirit is the very life sustaining thing right now that helps us live into and long for and live for this kingdom that is going to come one day. So we have an, uh, a, a foreshadow, a taste of what is to come. He talks about this. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. It's interesting that he talks about the tree of life here, um, where we only see this tree of life here and in Genesis chapter, uh, the, the first few chapters of Genesis. And, um, you know, it's interesting that, like, again, I think I've said this before, is that eschatology, theologians have argued that eschatology, the end things, were very much uh, present in the first things, right? So eschatology uh, uh, makes the way, or a protology gives way to eschatology is what people say. The first things give way to the last things, protology, first things, eschatology, last things. Um, and, and, and what people have argued is that eschatology doesn't just mean last things, but it actually means ultimate things, right? It's it's central to what everything that God does because it concerns the reality of what things are supposed to be. You see what I'm saying? And so um, what was supposed to happen in 
the uh, 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 um, uh, original creation was, was Adam was supposed to obey God and then he would have been given right to eat from the tree of life, right? This is why in Genesis, I think 3.22 and following, um, the tree of life is guarded, so he can't have access to it. He's kicked to the east, tree of life is guarded, so he can't have access to it. Revelation 2.7, those who conquer will have access to the tree of life. Here, the tree of life comes back up again in the new creation, right? And this is supposed to, this is meant to be originally to be a seal, a sacramental symbol that was meant to point him to the eternal and heavenly life he would have with God had he obeyed, right? Now, the tree of life being here brings what is symbolically present in the first tree to its climax and fulfillment right we will have this immortality that adam was supposed to have because of the work of the second adam right the bible it's like the bible is all connected right it's all connected right uh eternally eternal life with the god of the universe that was originally promised in the beginning it says this the throne of god and the lamb will be in the city and the servants will worship him i love that they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads night will be no more people will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. I love the subtlety of John here as he shows that God is a trinity. Notice he says the lamb and God are on the throne. He says, but they will worship him, singular, <laughs> right? All right. So, so there's distinction, but unity in the Godhead, right? Triune God. Then he says, we will see his face, singular, right? He doesn't say we'll see their faces. He says, we'll see his face. And he says his name will be on our foreheads. What he's going back to is the Old Testament concept of there being a one God, right? There is one God and John really believes that and he wants to thread this needle to show that the lamb is God himself, but also the father is God and the spirit is God. And it, it he can speak of him in the singular because he is one God in three, according to person. But I love what he says, one of my favorite verses, man. He says, they will see his face, right? And I think I've mentioned or alluded to it on the podcast before, but this is the concept of the beatific vision, right? Where theologians have said, no, 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 we will see God face to face. Like, think about that. You will actually see God. That is wild. No, no, that's wild. Um, and, and Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, right? Um, uh, you know, first John talks about, you know, um, um, you know, we are God's children now. What we will be is not being revealed, but we know that we, uh, uh, we, when we see him, we will be just like him, right? Um, the idea is that we will actually see God. We will contemplate the infinite forever. Our knowledge of God will be completely accurate, man. Even if it's not exhaustive, right? It will be complete and accurate, even if it's not exhaustive. And we will thus share in God's nature, Right. We will be transformed. And I love what he says about the glory of the Lord permeating light, lighting the whole universe. There will no longer be a use for the categories of day and night. Uh, God's glory. Right. That show in, in the face of Moses and in the body of Jesus will be revealed and and spread throughout all of creation. And this is the end of our salvation. And this is the end of history. And as he wraps that up, he leaves us with a charge. He says he who testify, testifies about these things. Yes, I am coming very soon. Um, he leaves us with the charge over and over throughout these things um, to obey, to receive his blessing, to uh, live in light of his second coming, to um, be faithful and obedient to him in the meantime, right? As we long and live for uh, the return of our Lord and we say, amen, come Lord Jesus. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to be with Jesus, fam. Like, I can't wait to be with Jesus.
and to receive every single thing he has for me and to live into with you everything he has for us forever. I want you to remember that no matter what you go through in life, that the future for us is as bright as the glory of God is. Let's pray. God, we ask that we remember that the future for us is always bright because of this vision you've given in the book of Revelation that is going to come to pass. God, you have never failed on one promise. I pray that these central truths will be the very thing that permeates our being and gives shape to our existence. It's in Jesus Christ's name.